Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Here comes the man who has toured Joint Chiefs of Staff, launched nuclear missiles, and reported to Ross Perot, CCAR's 2020 President David Long, and communications extraordinaire, Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hey, David. Hi, Jonna. Welcome to the top. I'm excited to be here. Uh, the first ever podcast we have recorded. This is going to be a wild ride. It is. Is it going to be more wild than launching missiles? Well, it's a, it's a different kind of uh, fun, different kind of wild. Okay. Yes. I agree. So I'm excited because today we have with us Shad Bogney, and he is the very first guest of our Welcome to the Top podcast. And he is joining us on the phone from his home turf in Houston, Texas. Hi, Shad. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? And thank you so much. And I'm honored to be the first guest. Yes, we're excited to have you. Yeah, uh, we are excited to have you here, Shad. And um, now you've had quite the career. After over 30 years in the industry, you're just really getting started in many things. You have a radio talk show, Real Estate Corner, and a column in the, in the Houston Chronicle. And you, I know, I know you've served on numerous capacities at the local, state, and national association level, and still going strong in that regard. I don't know how you found the time, but you have joined with the 2020 U.S. Census Bureau as a partner specialist. Yes, I did. They uh, they showed me. I've always participated in the census, but when they showed me how important this was for our business. That made me say, yeah, I need to get involved. And they've never had the realtors really involved. And so we're, as I told them, we're in everybody's house. We were the windows of the community. And I felt like that uh, I, I would take it on. And and so that here I am with that and many, many other jobs. I don't know how I'm bouncing them <laughs> You are a very busy man. So, Chad, a lot of people hear the census and they think government and they don't understand why a realtor would want to get involved. What would you say to those individuals? Well, the the census has to deal with residential development, commercial development. It has to deal with uh, knowing the medium incomes of certain areas. Everything we do. It census, we did it from census data. If we didn't it from a third party, it's census data coming in. And so this is why it was so important for us because we have that connection. I believe that we are the trusted voices in the community. We're out talking to people. We've got offices all over the city. And so I think it's a, it's a great partnership with us. And I want to thank NAR for agreeing to be a partnership, signing the MOU with the census. They had a big webinar the other day in regards to the census. But I just think it's part of our business. And it probably affects our industry more than any other industry because we look at data. Where are people living? How long they've been there? How long they've owned this house? How many renters are over there? It's Everything is interwoven with what we do as realtors. Uh, that is uh, so correct. And I did listen to the NAR podcast and some of the other people in here today uh, also listened to it just the other day. Where, where are things, what all do they, you mentioned some of those, but what all do they do with that data? And uh, how long do we have to collect it? We start, the census starts milling out uh, pin numbers March 12th. 
people will be able to respond on their phone. They will they will not need a PIN number. If they put their address in, they will be able to respond with the internet on their phone by just putting their address in. April 1st is Census Day. And so what we're doing right now is asking our partners like Cullen County, we're doing what we call MQAs, mobile questionnaire areas. And so one of the things that we've asked some of our partners to do is either every every employee bring their PIN numbers in and we will send out people to help and let them do their census while they're at work. Make it part of the census. If you are in an area that is a low response area, we're asking uh organizations to help us there by having a laptop there. We'll bring somebody out. So if somebody has a question, they will be able to, we'll be there to answer that question. We can't fill out the census, but we're there to answer that question. The census only collects statistical data. So they collect the census data statistically. Everything is confidential. Article 13 says we don't share any information with any other organization. We don't share any information. Once the information comes in, it is sealed for 72 years before it is released back out to the public. So that's how you got Ancestry.com. But for us, we have to turn, we stopped counting July 31st, and it has to be on the president's desk by 12-31-2020. Then from January through March, They'll be start redistricting and reapportioning Congress congressional districts and uh, drawing lines for new uh, districts for state reps, state senators, and all of that good stuff. Okay, that's really interesting because uh, that you know talking about that and what they use the information for and redistricting. They also use information from the census to determine where money is allocated to. Is that right? Yes. Uh, the last census, $57 billion came back to the state of Texas. So the money that we get back in this state for funding uh, projects here in the state of Texas comes from the census count. And so there's some independent studies out there. The census doesn't have one. George Washington University in D.C. has done some studies. But disaster relief money money that the state brings in for federal funding for schools, hospitals, all of that comes from the census data and it's based on the population. So if we undercount those people in those particular areas and they have a disaster or they need to expand schools, it's based on the count. And so that's why it's so important that we get everybody counted and get it accurate because this is funding that we bring back in. These are our own tax dollars. And I was talking to the Texas Realtors one day and Mark Lehman, the former lobbyist, was telling me, he said, Shad, if we don't, if we undercount here, property taxes go up because if we have a fund, we have less funding and we still got these things that need to be done, where did, what do they do? They raise your property taxes to, to uh, supplement it. So that's why it's so important that we bring the funding back on, back to this state. Uh, we've got high property taxes here, so it's really important that we bring our funding back. Yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to follow up to that real quick. So I know you talked about Texas specifically. In other parts of the country, have you seen examples of what they were able to do with census dollars or from the participation in the census, what they were able to accomplish with that? 
in regards to things like schools, uh, when the census data comes in, it has a lot to do with school funding here because a lot of the school funding that comes back to this state and other states have to do with, uh, with school funding. Hospitals, uh, Medicaid, Medicare, all, all of those uh, areas, it has a lot to do with that's where that funding comes from. If you're living in rural communities, so for example, there are a lot of rural hospitals that are closing down right now and because of lack of funding. Well, a lot of that comes if the rural communities don't, are not counted, and a lot of them are low response areas that they don't know how many dollars to allocate. How does the state government know to allocate more funds there? Very good. So, um, what have you learned, or how's how's working with the census been different than what you ex- maybe expected it to be? Well, this is the first time I've ever worked with a government agency, and it is a lot different when you are so used to working from a private side. So, currently, right now. Uh, security. It takes me about three or four passwords to get into my laptop <laughs> to be able to get census data uh, available and, and do the things that they want. It's uh, very, everything's about security. Uh, they're very big on confidentiality. And so everything, we take an oath that whatever we learn we uh, with census data, we don't share with, I can't use it for my personal use or share with anyone. And so I found it, um, I could see where government could improve if they had a little business this year. <laughs> but overall, it, it's been a, a pleasure because I'm working with really good people. And some people who've done census four times, four to five times. I've met people that have done this census four to five times. And so that tells you their age right there. Oh, yeah. It was every yeah. 10 years. All right. Chad, I have a question for you in regard to, you mentioned about uh being secure with the information because I know sometimes people might be concerned to respond or what's going to happen with their information. Can you tell us a little bit more? Um, so if someone chooses not to respond to the census, if they get their mailing or they choose not to call in or respond online, what happens? Someone will show up at their door and knock on their door and that person is called a numerator. So they're going to come knock on their door with their iPad to ask the same questions that they could have done on the phone. If it's a language barrier, the census on, on phone line has 13 languages that are there. The, the uh, census that are mailed out to everyone, they are uh, in Spanish and English. Say the person that you come to the door doesn't speak English and they they don't respond to, they have a language that is not one of those 13, then the census goes back. That numerator makes a note, and we go find someone that speaks that language and then come back to that household and explain that to them so they can fill it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, not surprised. Now, if I can mention something a little bit, the, what, the video that uh, CCR put together had 26 languages. We, we exceeded the... Uh, the census. That's right. And we really, I will tell you guys, your what what you Cullen Association of Realtors did. That I sent that to Washington D.C. We were amazed at what the realtors did with that, and and you had twenty six languages in your area. That's just amazing. So we do have a plan, and the plan the plan that we've got is to simply numerate knocks on the door. If they don't speak one of the languages that we've got, then we go and bring somebody in. Our, our goal is to get everyone counted at the right time at the right place. 
Very good. And and for those listening that may not be aware of the project that both uh, David and Chad are talking about, uh, CCAR, the Collin County Association of Realtors, uh, Global Diversity Committee, put together languages in 26 different languages. I'm sorry, put together videos in 26 different languages, which can be found on our website, um, which is www.ccar.net slash census. And from there, um, they can learn in a language that is comfortable to them the importance of participating in the census. And, and if I could say this, let me tell you where the most undercounted are. See, uh, children are the most undercounted. And reason that's so important to realtors is that schools are constantly rezoning when they overpopulate. Where if we didn't count that baby in the crib, then what happens 10 years from now, that baby is 10 years old. So the schools are, are, are overcrowded. And then we have uh, independent school districts rezoning these kids to different schools be based on population. And so it's so important. The next group that's undercounted are seniors. We tend to not think about the senior or the mom that's staying with us, the grandmother, whoever's staying with us. So seniors are undercounted. So we have a plan to count homeless. We have a plan to count seniors group. We also have a plan to count college students. We're hitting them probably the first week of April. They will be counted where they're at at school. So residencies, uh, gonna, that's going to be really, really important. So we, we've got a plan to, to get it done. Uh, we've been doing awareness. Now it's response time. And so we are really looking forward to getting everyone counted in the state of Texas. We're in, and for Houston, we're trying to become the third largest city in the country. And, um, to my knowledge, I am the only person in the census network that are working with the realtors. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I state of Texas is my area, which is big enough, but um, that's how we're working to try to get everybody counted and make it a word. So how can uh, realtors help out? How can we individual realtors in our offices help out? Great question. How we help out is that we set up offices and everything there. We set up offices and people will come in. And if you got a conference room, set up a laptop. Encourage all your realtors that are working out of your office to come and sign up for the census there at the office. Reach out to their customers and clients and say, hey, the census, you receive your pen. If you don't have internet, please come by my office. We have a computer here just for you to do that. If you set that up, we have what we call recruiters who will come in and help. We'll sit, we'll sit there two or three hours so people come in. If they have questions, filling it out, we will be there to help. All you have to do is call us and let us know. We can't be everywhere, but we'll be in most places to get that set up. And so we call these MQAs. And so if uh, Collin County says, hey, guys, we're going to set up a conf- in the conference room a couple of laptops, encourage people to come, encourage the offices to do it in their conference rooms, small and what it does, it shows that we care about our community. It's not all about real estate, but it shows that we do care about our community and we want to bring these funds in so these communities can strive and have sidewalks, lighting, and things of that nature for the community. So I think it's, that's how the realtors can do is open their offices. And, and when I say open, you may have a laptop sitting in the, in the lobby. 
It doesn't have to go anywhere other than the lobby. And you say, Shad, we're going to do this. Then what we're going to do is have a, a uh, we call them assistants who will come and sit there and help anybody who needs to fill it out. But I think it really starts with us as realtors filling the information out, just filling it ourselves, saying April 1 census day. Why not have everybody bring their pens into the office and let's do it. Let's go and fill out these. And uh, so that, that's one of the things you guys can help and continue with the awareness. And uh, I think that will continue. And, and I think the most important thing is stressing confidentiality, because I think a lot of people, this is big brother. I don't want them to have this information. But then 10 years from now, they want to know why the school got rezoned. <laughs> and so it's important that everybody feel, feel, feel the senses out. Can you tell us a little bit more about the PIN? Is it a numeric code? Is it alphanumeric? It's a numeric code, and everybody will have a different PIN. That's how we're tracking those who fill out on the phone. So you have to fill that PIN. You have to put your PIN in phone. You have to put your PIN in on your uh if you're mailing it in, you, if you go to the internet, you got to put your pen in. That's how we were able to keep people from using the same pen twice. We, cause the pens are sent out per address. So earlier in the year, we had address canvassing going on. So there were people walking around with addresses, making sure that somebody lived at an address. So if the house was vacant, then they didn't send a census notice there. So those are, that's, so now this is why we had the address canvassing. I actually participated in that. Okay, great. I did. Um, so, Shad, you talked about this a little bit more, and now we know that you know we're going to have a pin and different ways that we can access the census. So what should someone do if they don't want anybody showing up at their door? What should they do and when should they do it by? Okay. Well, when you receive your, your questionnaire, and it's uh, 11 questions, takes about 10 minutes to fill out, you would fill it out and mail it back. Or you would go to the phone, dial the 1-800 number, and do your census online. Or you would go to Internet and fill it out on the Internet. If you don't want anybody knocking at your door, that's what, that's what you need to do. Okay. So is there a certain date, like after a certain date, then they're going to start knocking on doors? So if you really don't want that visitor, when should you do it by? Um, I would say as soon as possible because they're going to be they're going to be checking because everything is computerized. They'll be checking to see what areas are low response. So if we get an area that's low response, then the first thing that we're going to do is send census people into those areas, knocking on doors, enumerators, or asking our partners and saying, if it's a realtor office in here, would you let us use your office to be able to get people to sign up? So we, they have a system that is going to keep them updated on the areas that are not responding. Great. Yeah. So, Shad, is there anything that we haven't asked you that you think is vitally important for people to know about the census, the uh, results of the census, their participation, anything that you want people to know? I just would like the, the realtor organizations and realtors in general to know this is very important in our industry. The census data touches them uh, every day in their business and that what I need them to do is call their friends and family 
and uh, call their customers and clients. This is a great way to, to just say, hey, how are you doing? Did you get your census information? Would you fill it out? And so that is some of the things that I would hope that we could do. You guys have asked all the pertinent questions. I've given you the timeline of it. March 12th, people should start receiving things in the mail. April 1st is Census Day. We got to July 31st to get everybody counted in this country. And let's bring the, the money home. Let's bring our funding back to Texas and keep Texas strong. Yeah, and uh, with Texas being such a fast-growing state, I think we're supposed to get some additional representation in Washington. Is that is that what's expected? Great question. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I forgot that point. Last census, we picked up four congressional seats. We're expected to pick up two to three this time. And those congressional seats come from other states. So states that didn't participate in the census, they could lose congressional representation. And and we picked up four of the last census, and we're expected to get three or four. Then they're going to start the reproportioning of the districts, and that's going to be really important. You'll hear a whole lot about that because that's done by each state. Shad, is there an exact amount of money that we know is going to be allocated um, in regard to the census? It could be nationally or... No, I- I don't have an exact figure. I know the last figure was anywhere between 50 in 2010. It was between 54 billion to uh, 57 billion. I would expect we're being the 60 this time, but I don't have an accurate amount for that at this particular time. It's a lot of the money. Key is, lot. Yeah. The key is the count. The yep. key is the count. So the more we get everybody counted at the right place at the right time, the more money will come back to the state. Uh, and, and, and one thing that we never think about it is about disaster relief. Any monies for disasters, it's all based on the population. So if there was a big disaster in Flower Mound, a natural disaster, it would be based on the population of the money that comes in the Flower Mound. Okay. Uh, well, thanks, Chad, for, for talking with us. Uh, you're our inaugural participant in our um, Collin County podcast. Welcome to the top. Thanks a lot. Thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity to do it, and let's get everybody counted in the right place at the right time. Thank you so much. Sounds great. Thank you, Shad. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to our inaugural episode, and we really appreciate it. Don't miss our next one. We'll be talking about the MLS clear cooperation policy with John Hawley, CEO of North Texas Real Estate Information Systems or Netris, as it is more commonly known. It's going to be really good because I know that there's a lot of confusions and questions about the policy, and I'm looking forward to John being able to set us all straight and, and kind of letting us know what to expect come May 1st when it goes into effect. Yeah, don't miss the next one. Get notified when it's released by subscribing to Welcome to the Top, wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, don't forget to call before showing. Special thanks to our hosts, Jonna Fernandez and David Long. Our audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. Podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. And producer, Bree Westbury. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.